Welcome to Understand Murdoch, a podcast from The Post and Courier, South Carolina's largest newspaper. Our award-winning reporters have spent more than a year digging into the Murdoch saga to bring you the latest news and in-depth analysis as we cover the story of drugs, deceit, and death in South Carolina's rural low country. And now we're here to provide quick daily updates on Alec Murdoch's highly anticipated double murder trial in Colleton County. I'm Eric Russell, and I'm here with Jocelyn Greshik, who's a part of our team of reporters covering the trial in Walterboro. Jocelyn, yesterday we left off with testimony from Allendale attorney Mark Tinsley. He filed a civil lawsuit against Alec in March of 2019 over the fatal boat crash that his son Paul was charged in. And you told us yesterday that Tinsley tried to force Alex to hand over financial records as a part of the lawsuit. Did jurors learn whether Tinsley ever got those records and what it meant for the trial? Yeah, they did. Tinsley testified this morning that a motions hearing was scheduled for June 10th, 2021. One of the items that would have been discussed was whether a judge would force Alec to disclose his bank accounts. Okay, and so that would have been three days after Maggie and Paul were killed, right? That's right. And as you can imagine, that hearing got rescheduled. And did the prosecutors have to do any explaining of why the time frame was significant or anything like that? Yeah, so essentially their theory is that had the June 10th hearing gone forward, it would have ultimately revealed Alec's theft and deceit. Tinsley would have gotten access to his bank information, and Alec's alleged schemes aren't said to be all that sophisticated, so Tinsley believes he would have discovered everything. And of course, that didn't happen because of Maggie and Paul's tragic deaths, correct? Yeah, that's right. And who else did uh, jurors hear testimony from? So the rest of the morning was taken up by a woman named Blanca Trubiate Simpson, And she's worked as a housekeeper for the Murdochs off and on since 2007. But she really became close with the whole family and especially with Maggie. And what did the jurors hear from her testimony? They heard a lot. So she testified about the day of the killings. Maggie called her at one point and said Alec wanted both her and Paul back at Moselle that night. And Blanca said Maggie seemed disappointed about this because Maggie had a lot of work to do at their Edisto Beach house, and she generally preferred staying there during the spring and summer. Blanca also said she helped Alec get ready for work that day. She sort of helped him fix his shirt collar and said she clearly remembers what he was wearing. And what exactly was that that he was wearing? Uh, Long khaki pants, a seafoam green polo, a navy sport coat, and leather dress shoes. Okay, we can talk about that a bit more later. Um, Did she say anything else about June 7th, 2021, the day itself? Well, Blanca didn't learn Maggie and Paul had died until the next morning when Alec called her. And she went over to see him at his mother's house right away. And then Alec asked her if she wouldn't mind going back to Moselle just to straighten things up. He said the way Maggie would have liked that seems like a bit of an odd request. Did she go? Yeah, she drove over there. And Blanca didn't say what time she arrived, but she remembers, you know, taking a bit to collect herself before touching anything in the house. And at some point, agents with the state law enforcement division arrived to do their search of the house. 
And did those agents say anything to her? Well, defense attorneys asked her that, and Blanca said no, that they didn't ask her any questions, and she didn't speak to them either. Hmm. Did Blanca notice anything odd in the house at all? Yeah, so she said that when she went into Alec and Maggie's bathroom, she noticed a slight puddle of water next to the shower, along with a towel and a pair of khaki pants. And then when she went inside the closet, she saw that there was a damp towel on the ground. And how long would this have been after the investigators say the murders took place? Well, it's unclear, but maybe 16 hours or so. Okay, so if I'm understanding correctly, Blanca said she found these items in the bathroom after SLED agents had already done their walkthrough? Yeah, that's right. So did they make any note of the damp towel or puddle when they made their walkthrough? Based on Blanca's testimony, as well as what we've learned from some of the SLED agents who searched the home, it doesn't seem like it. And, you know, defense attorneys emphasize this to jurors because it's quite the omission. That does seem like it would be a big omission. Did Blanca say anything else? Yeah, she discussed a few more things. So prosecutors showed her the Snapchat video Paul had filmed of Alec about an hour before Paul's phone shut off for the final time. And in that video, Alec is wearing the khaki pants, loafers, and a teal fishing style, like, button-up shirt. And are those the same clothes Blanca saw him wearing that morning before? No. So she testified that the shirt and shoes in the video are different. One of Blanca's jobs for the family was to wash their clothes. So, you know, she was pretty familiar with what each person owned. And Blanca said she has never seen that button-up shirt again. Prosecutors also asked her about a pair of boat shoes, which another witness testified Alec was wearing when he visited his mother that night at Almeida. And Blanca said she's never seen those shoes again either. And wasn't Alex wearing something different when investigators found him at the crime scene? Yep, that's right. So he was wearing a white t-shirt, khaki shorts, and a pair of red and yellow sneakers. Defense attorneys also asked Blanca about that blue rain jacket investigators seized from the Almeida house. Blanca testified Alec had too many raincoats to count and that she'd never seen that particular one before. So her testimony, so far at least, seems to be looking good for the prosecutors. What else can you tell us about it? Yeah, so prosecutors asked Blanca about a conversation she had with Alec in August 2021. They spoke after Alec was interviewed a third time by SLED agents. And in this conversation, Blanca testified, you know, she remembers Alec pacing back and forth. And he told her, I got a bad feeling. Something's not right. And then he mentioned a video that had come out and asked Blanca whether she remembered the Vineyard Vine shirt that Alec was wearing the day Maggie and Paul were killed. And Blanca testified that she was initially confused. You know, she'd fixed his collar that day and was pretty certain that Alec wasn't wearing a Vineyard Vine shirt. Blanca said she didn't know if Alec was trying to get her to agree that this was the shirt he was wearing that day. So you said Alec mentioned a video to her. Do you know what he might have been referring to? Yeah, Alec was likely referring to that Snapchat video Paul had filmed of him the night of the killings. 
And Snapchat provided the video to investigators in July 2021. So they may have shown it to him during that interview weeks later with SLED agents. And just one more time, what was he wearing in that Snapchat video? So in the video, Alec is seen wearing the teal button-down fishing style shirt, long khaki pants, and loafers. And you mentioned Maggie and Blanca had become close friends. Did Maggie ever confide in her? Yeah, so Blanca testified about a conversation they had a few months before Maggie was killed. They were at Moselle, and Maggie pulled Blanca into a room and shut the door. Blanca said Maggie started crying and expressed that she was worried about money due to the family being sued in the boat crash case. Maggie also told Blanca she suspected Alec wasn't being truthful with her about the lawsuit. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot of information from that one particular witness. Did jurors hear from anyone else today? Yes. They heard from an FBI agent who is an expert in cell tower data. He used cell tower records from the phones belonging to Maggie, Paul, and Alec, as well as two other men investigators were looking into, C.B. Rowe and Marty Cook. And so this isn't the first time we've heard about cell phone data in this trial. Did the jurors learn anything new from to the data mentioned today? I think the most significant information came from the agent's report on where C.B. Rowe and Marty Cook's phones were the night of the killings. The agent testified they couldn't be placed anywhere near the crime scene during that time frame. Gotcha. And how did court end today? So jurors heard last from a man named Nathan Tuton, who is another one of Paul's close friends. But Nathan also worked at Ellick's law firm from 2019 all the way until May 2022. So he could provide jurors with some of that insight as well. What did Nathan do at the firm? He said he was a runner and that Ellick would frequently send him to Palmetto State Bank to cash checks for him. Nathan testified that he'd bring Alec an envelope with the money back to his office, and on a few occasions, he saw other people sitting in there with Alec. Uh, people like who? Well, he mentioned Chris Wilson, whom jurors heard testify yesterday, and then Corey Fleming, who's another attorney, and also Greg Alexander, who's the police chief in Yemisee, which is a nearby town. Nathan said Alec stopped asking him to cash checks a couple weeks before the killings. So we've now heard from several witnesses testifying that Alec was stealing money from his law firm and legal clients. Did Nathan have any idea about that while he was working at the firm? Yeah, so Nathan's direct supervisor while he was working there was actually the firm's chief financial officer, Jeannie Seconder. And we heard her testify the other day about how she helped uncover Alec's alleged history of theft. Nathan said Jeannie had asked him to help out a bit with her inquiry into Alec's finances the summer of 2021. And he'd have to go through case files and look at disbursement checks and highlight stuff for her. But pretty quickly, Nathan said he came to realize, you know, what actually was going on. Okay, well, thank you for that, Jocelyn, uh, as we close out another week of the Murdoch trial. And uh, we look forward to being back next week. Thanks, Eric. That's all we have for now. 
For more in-depth coverage of this trial, as well as the latest news on the Murdoch story at large, stay tuned to postandcourier.com slash Murdoch. You can find us on Twitter at Post and Courier. We would love if you could send questions, feedback, and tips to our Murdoch email address. That's Murdoch at postandcourier.com. And please, also take a minute to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to keep up to date on the trial, subscribe to Murdoch News, a premium newsletter from the Post and Courier, bringing you exclusive first-hand insight from local South Carolina reporters who have covered this saga from the beginning. Subscribe at postandcourier.com slash Murdoch News, and we'll bring you exclusive reporting on the civil and criminal cases of Alec Murdoch. We'll see you next time.